Welcome to the podcast, Your Time with James Sweetman. Every so often, we all need a little encouragement, some words to capture our mind, engage our heart, and enliven our spirit. And that's my intention with this podcast. It's an opportunity for you to take a few minutes out of your busy day and listen to what I hope is thought-provoking and empowering content. Each week, my guests and I share stories, challenges, and vulnerabilities, as well as tips and insights on a whole range of topics all with the aim of helping us to live in a more soulful, authentic and integrated way. So thank you for tuning in. Let's jump into this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this special episode of Your Time with James Sweetman, marking the close of the year and the Christmas season that's now upon us. I don't know about you, but the years just seem to be flying by and how quickly this year has gone. It always seems to be the same. One minute it's September and then suddenly it's mid-December. Um, I don't know, it's like the end of the year is on a slope or something and we're freewheeling down it. Now, this is the first Christmas in a few years now that we're sort of back to normal, you know, with the COVID restrictions behind us, thank goodness. You know, so at the heart of this episode, I'm going to share my reflections on Christmas and I'll be going through 18 self-reflection questions that help us close out the year. Uh, these questions are ones that I've looked at frequently over the years myself, but I have to say I've not seen them in a while and it was great to go back to them. And that's why I'm sharing them um, in, in this episode, this final episode of the year. But I'm going to start by bringing you up to date on what's been happening with me, because, of course, the last season of the podcast finished about a month or five weeks ago uh, when I was joined by Jerry Duffy. And we had a great discussion about many things, including presentation skills and how we can get in our own way, etc. If you haven't heard that episode, be sure to tune in. It was a it was a really enjoyable conversation with Jerry. So um, I want to start, of course, by saying thank you to everyone who has listened in to that last season of the podcast. Uh, I got some great comments and um, feedback on it. And, um, you know, sometimes when I'm recording episodes, it's like, is anyone tuning in? Um, or am I just talking to a little red light uh, all by myself? So it's always great to know that the content I'm sharing, people are finding um, helpful and useful. And of course, I want to thank everyone as well for the uh, response I've been getting to my new book, Words to Inspire. So if you've been listening to the last season of the podcast or you follow me on social media, you'll know that that book, my sixth, uh, was out at the end of October um, and it's been going really well. But most importantly for me, it's it's resonating with people. Uh, as one kind reviewer recently put it, they said it was like buying themselves a gift of inspiration, um, either for themselves or to gift it to a friend as well, which I thought was was just lovely. So if you want to find out more about that book, you can go on to my website, jamesweetman.com. And of course, that's been updated too, although I think that was when beginning of the autumn. So if you haven't been on my website in a while, it'll look different. There's plenty of new resources and imagery in there. And of course, you'll find out more about my book as well. So it's a hardback book. So it's 20 euro full, full color. But of course, because it's a coffee table book, uh, the postage is a little higher. So the postage is a, is a tenor. Um, and um, uh, more information, as I say, is available on my website about it. 
Uh, the other news with me, of course, is I'm back at college. I would have said that a few episodes ago, back as a very mature student doing an MA, a master's in creative writing. And I'm more or less halfway through it now with one semester behind me. And two of the three assignments that are that are due around this time of the year ticked off. I got two of them out of the way last week. One is due in early January. Um, and I have to say, whilst it's been a big workload, I've I really just loved being back into a pure learning environment and and meeting a, a group of twenty odd like minded people. Uh, one of the classes uh, that I particularly enjoyed last semester was drama, uh, you know, playwriting. Uh, we had to read and study uh, many different plays. I think about twenty altogether uh, over the first semester, you know, from classics like Hamlet. And it was so fascinating to go back and read that as an adult when I last did it in school as a innocent seventeen-year-old, um, and to, to view it with adult eyes, though, and to, to really get the depth of it. Um, and then other plays and playwrights that I'd heard of, but maybe not directly encountered, you know, from Ibsen's Hedda Gabler and Chekhov's The Cherry Orchard you know, to some great Irish plays, Brian Friel's translations and Conor McPherson's The Weir, as well, of course, as some some very new modern productions as well. It, the course ran the whole gamut and it was, it was fantastic, I have to say. Uh, but it was nice timing when our uh, assessment was due, the drama class, we had an excursion to the Abbey Theatre, which I hadn't been to in many years because a production of The Weir by uh, Conor McPherson was on and it was one of the plays we studied um, and it was a really excellent production. Um, perhaps the lead actor in it is Brendan Coyle. You might know him from playing Mr Bates um, in uh, The Butler, I think, or The Valet in Downton Abbey. Um, and one of the other actors in it as well, Marty Ray, um, he actually delivered a guest talk on the, the drama module on the, uh, in the MA. So it was fascinating both listening to him as an actor, uh, delivering his talk and taking questions from our group, but then also seeing him in action in, in a, such a fantastic play. And he was phenomenal in it as well. Um, and as I say, it's been too long since I was at the theatre. I'm sure some of you tuning in are regular theatre goers, um, but it's something that I had let slip. And uh, I think we had a group discount ticket to the Abbey at um, at 13 quid. I said, where are you going for 13 quid for such a great evening of, uh, of entertainment and experience? Um, and actually, when I parked in the car park up the road from it in Marlborough Street, you know, the car park cost 19 quid. It would have been more expensive for me to just stay sitting in the car rather than seeing a great play. Um, and also what, what has been interesting too is that as part of the, the drama class I had to write my own one act play so I never thought I'd be someone who would be writing a play but I have to say I loved the creativity of that uh, and then in the fiction class I had to write a short story as well and uh, so it was great to be back writing fiction uh, too. As ever, my lesson from going back to college is the same as it is for most things we do that push our comfort zones. It can be challenging at first. We'll feel self-conscious. We'll anticipate the negative judgment of others. We will fear not being good enough. But pretty soon we realise that everyone is in the same boat and that we're, you know, what we're experiencing is really a growing pain. Um, and after two or three weeks, a new routine has formed. Our comfort zone has expanded. And that's true for any new pursuit. You know, so doing that course for me is probably one of the best decisions I've made all year. It's expanded my horizons as well as my comfort zone. Uh, but more than that, I'm just enjoying it, uh, especially the creativity that it has unleashed. Uh, looking back now, of course, it was a no brainer of a decision because learning is a high value for me. Uh, I've always enjoyed formal as well as informal learning. 
you know, I read between what 30 and 50 books a year. Uh, I've been reading less <laughs> this year because there's much more assignments to do. Um, but I've written for years as well. And all of these dots were there, but I just hadn't joined them up. So I know now that writing will be an even bigger part of my life going forward for the simple reason that I enjoy it, you know, and for perhaps for the first time, I'm beginning to maybe realize that I'm, I'm not too bad at it either. Of course, on the, the flip side is that getting caught up in the busyness of college and work deadlines and work commitments and life in general and running a household. I've been burning the candles at both ends. And then what happens? You know, well, I've picked up coughs and colds. And as I'm recording this, um, if you could only see me, I'm struggling with back and neck and shoulder pain. I've had a muscle pull. Um, uh, and then part of me is going, James, how did you let this happen to yourself again? You know, you've only been on sabbatical. Uh, have you not learned the lessons of balance and moderation and self-care? Uh, but of course, the other part of me knows that there's no point in beating myself up even further. Um, you know, I find my challenge can be that I don't do things by half measures. It can be all or nothing. I don't know if that's a Gemini quality or not. Um, so my morning routine of yoga and meditation was parked uh, because I got into the habit of doing creative writing first thing, which I enjoyed. Um, and I've been spending a lot of time at the laptop, which I suspect is the is the root cause of the neck and shoulder problems, you know, to say nothing of tense shoulders from an accumulation of stress. You know, so the colds and the muscle pulls means I've not been going to the gym or my weekly yoga class. And of course, I'm saying the weather is too cold and I'm coming up with excuses. Yeah, you know the story. Um, so, you know, in, in theory, I know what I should be doing. Uh, but equally, I know that I can't beat up myself with the word should uh, because we're all doing our best. So that's a bit of a meandering opening to this week's episode, but it's real and honest. And as I say, we're all simultaneously perfectly ourselves, but also still work in progress. Um, before I share some reflection questions um, that help us close out the year, uh, a few observations around Christmas. You know, Christmas can be a stressful and overwhelming time of the year for so many people. Everything I always say is amplified at Christmas time. There's the pressure of buying gifts and preparing food and money worries and, and even the pressure of having a, a happy Christmas. Um, you know, then there can be the sense of having to go to a Christmas party or a work get together when maybe we just want to go home. We can feel stressed about doing the right thing. And of course, for, for so many people, the sense of loss of a loved one, an empty chair at the table can be piercing at this time of year. You know, this Christmas will be the third Christmas without my own dad. So I know what it's like. And we can also then witness the impact that bereavement has on, on other loved ones. Uh, so Christmas can be a very lonely time of the year for many people. Uh, whilst the traditions and rituals of Christmas can be comforting and the giving and receiving of cards can be lovely. I have to say I'm a traditionalist when it comes to, to Christmas greetings. I, I still buy the cards and I send them and I still love to receive them in the post. Um, and of course, maybe catching up with friends or having a meal out. Um, you know, but sometimes Christmas traditions and rituals need to be updated as well. Uh, too often, they can be a futile attempt to recreate Christmases from the past, which may no longer be possible. So perhaps we need to rethink, you know, about what Christmas means to us. And I always think a good place to start is through a lens of gratitude and self-care, uh, something we can we can do throughout the year. But I think even more important at this time of year. And I say many people habitually adhere to family traditions in the vain hope of recreating an idealized version of Christmases from the past. 
you know, but maybe rather than blindly following Christmas traditions, you know, what what new tradition could you establish this year? What what could you do differently? Now, this doesn't mean that you're not going to be tactful or let others down or, you know, not make plans in advance. But what could you do differently this year that perhaps more accurately reflects your current situation or your values, your personal preferences? The opportunity, of course, to bring some mindfulness and self-care into play at Christmas. Mindfulness has two aspects. Firstly, it's about being present to yourself, which I think is a nice use of that word at this time of the year, being present to ourselves and being gentle and compassionate towards ourselves, acknowledging that we're always doing our best, as I say. And then the second component of mindfulness is just paying attention to what's going on around us. And I'd like to, as much as possible, to try to see the world through the eyes of gratitude. I always think, too, there's room to be even more intentional at Christmas time. Now, I'm a great believer in the concept of intention because it gets us focused not just on what we want, but maybe how we can approach it and what personal characteristics we want to bring to the fore. Um, and this is, you know, this is a useful technique at any time of the year, but particularly at Christmas, I think. You know, so if we think of, of Christmas and the meaning of Christmas to us, we cannot make Christmas meaningful to us until we decide what we want Christmas to mean. Maybe this gets us to think about what our priorities are over the Christmas period. You know, what's important to you about Christmas? When you're clear about what's important to you, then maybe you can look at how you're spending your time over Christmas and does it reflect what's important to you? People often talk about not feeling Christmassy um, or, you know, what makes us feel Christmassy. Um, Well, for me, Christmassy is a mindset, really. It's one of gratitude and reflection and love and wonder and joy. And it's also useful then to think about, well, what are some of the qualities I want to lean into or role play even, um, a role model, I should say, you know, over the Christmas period? Well, maybe it's compassionate and calm and kind or relaxed, forgiving. You know, I believe that our external reality reflects who we are. So stressful people will find Christmas um, stressful. Stress people will find Christmas stressful. Joyful people will find Christmas joyful. Angry people will find something to be angry about. So if we focus on the qualities that we want to connect with on the inside, we will probably see more of them on the outside because we're changing the lens. Uh, Christmas can be a, a time for uh, self-care, of course, uh, and a few aspects to self-care. For me, it sometimes starts with physical self-care, the the irony of me saying this when I'm currently struggling with neck and shoulder problems. Um, but for me, physical self-care starts with getting some good quality sleep, and maybe it's possible to do more of that over the Christmas period. Uh, physical self-care is also about movement. Um, And whilst the weather has been very cold, um, it is nice to be able to get out into the brightness as well at this time of the year and maybe out into nature. And that's something that I love to do, particularly between the Christmas and the New Year period when the when the weather is clement. Um, Of course, Christmas is associated with indulgence and food and drink and fine um, balance and all things, as I always say. Um, And one of the things I always try to do when it comes to nutrition over the Christmas period is to you know, to try to keep my diet as alkaline as possible because all of the heavy, rich foods create acid in the body and can put it out of balance. Um, And of course, to stay hydrated because maybe we're having a few drinks, um, but we're also usually inside in warm, dry air, which can hydrate or dehydrate the body. So it's important to stay hydrated. And then sometimes at this time of the year as well, we've a little bit more wiggle room for 
um, indulging in some hobbies. Um, and I know for me, one of the things I always like to have over Christmas is a good book to get stuck into. Um, emotional self-care, of course, is a, is a equally vital uh, component of uh, self-care and wellness. Um, I often think we have to be even more alert to boundaries at this time of the year. What will I tolerate? What will I not tolerate? Where can I compromise? Where do I not wish to compromise? Um, and equally emotional self-care we can fuel ourselves um, by catching up with people and having some good quality conversations and maybe a bit of a laugh one of the things i try to do uh, at any time of the year but maybe more purposely at the christmas uh, period is just to do some emotional check-ins i'm asking myself well how do i want to feel today or how am i feeling or what would help me move up the emotional scale so that I can just feel a little better if I'm currently feeling low? It doesn't have to be anything radical, but just what could I do right now that would be important to me that would just help me feel a little bit more myself or, or just a little bit stronger or a little bit more loving? Um, so our focus is, is on feeling, not just on doing. So I'm going to share with you now 18 reflection questions to close out 2022. Uh, these are great if you put some time aside, perhaps with a journal and a cup of something warm, uh, or maybe even go through them with a friend or a loved one, maybe even a child, because it fosters a good, positive, reflective conversation as well. So we'll go through them. I'll share the questions with you. I'm still working on these myself. So I'll share some of my responses that I've that I've noted already. And as I said earlier, I've often at the end of the year reflected on versions of these questions. But for, for the last few years, somehow they've slipped my attention. So it was nice to to reconnect with them again because they're, you know, I often say no one is more expert on ourselves than we are. Um, we can all access our own wisdom, but sometimes we need a question or two that just helps us access our wisdom. And that's where these questions come in. So, of course, we're going to start with gratitude. You know, so what's, what's 10 things you're most grateful for in 2022? Um, I know for me, top of the list currently is our beautiful home, um, uh, the, the haven, the resource, the home base, as it were. I'm also grateful for my clients and the work that I'm able to do. Um, and I'm also grateful that I was able to take some time out at the beginning of the year to recharge the batteries. Uh, they're just three things I've noted already, but I'll certainly get to the list of 10 and probably beyond that, because I think when we start contemplating gratitude, um, we start writing from the head, but then very soon we move to write from the heart and then it flows more. Question two, uh, what were your three best decisions in 2022? decisions. Now, I always think we, we make the best decisions we can at the time. Sometimes with the benefit of hindsight, we might have done something differently. But if you think about the last year, what were some of your best decisions? I think probably top of the list for me would have to be deciding uh, to apply to do the MA in creative writing. That would be up there. And another recent decision um, is where myself and Brian decided to not really give each other gifts this Christmas, um, but to go down the country for a few days and to bring Sadie with us because it's something that we enjoy and it's, um, uh, you know, it's an experience and it's something different. And that felt like a good decision too. Uh, question three, looking back over 2022, what three achievements are you most proud of? And these might be something big or they might be something small. But again, it ties in with the concept of we're always doing our best. And so often we're looking at what's next, you know, what's on the horizon, what's on the to-do list. You know, can I take a moment to look back and just acknowledge achievements? And it mightn't be anything substantial. It could be just getting through something, surviving a challenge, dealing with the challenge. 
um, probably top of my list in terms of achievements. And it is something that I'm proud of, um, is the uh, is the publication of my book, Words to Inspire. You know, that's a tangible achievement, but so often our achievements can be uh, intangible too. Question four, uh, with the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently in 2022? Oh, there's a reflection question. With the benefit of hindsight, what would you have done differently over the last 12 months? Uh, for me, and again, it's a fairly obvious one, and I sort of know, James, you should have known better, but it's not sacrificing my self-care rituals because of busyness. Um, and I realise now that there is a price to pay for that, um, physically and emotionally. Uh, question five, uh, what's the greatest lesson that you learned in 2022? So if we think about, you know, the great big classroom of life, um, and maybe life is always teaching us or prodding us or encouraging us or supporting us, um, what lesson have you learned in the, in the great big school of life in 2022? I think if I reflect on that one myself, it has to be that I'm, I'm fortunate to be in the position I'm in. Yeah, sometimes I get reminders of that, you know, that I'm blessed to have many choices available to me, you know, where, and I get to sort of choose predominantly um, where, you know, what gets my time and my energy and my attention. And that's a very fortunate position to be in. Uh, question number six. Uh, what is your biggest piece of unfinished business in 2022? So unfinished business, is there something I want to get done or completed before the calendar year is out? Um, I know for me what comes to mind on that is um, I need to update some equipment, my laptop and some of the some of the resources that I use frequently in work and personal life are becoming a bit dated and they need to be updated and packages on laptops and operating systems and things like that need to be updated and I'm not great really when it comes to that technology side of things and um, so it is probably something I'll earmark for the new year um, uh, some new technology that maybe gives me a more robust platform to be operating on and um, but that's what comes to mind I'm sure there's other things as well but that question what is your biggest piece of unfinished business in 2022 question seven uh, what was the biggest risk you took in 2022 I know for me, when I've reflected on that question in previous years, I often couldn't answer it because I didn't take too many risks. I think I'm probably a fairly risk adverse person, or maybe it depends how you define it. Um, so the biggest risk you took in 2022, I think for me, it was probably going back to college and the uncertainty of that and would I be good enough for it and the change in routine and the additional work, etc. So it was a risk. Um, but it has been a risk that paid off. And and that's often the case when we do take risks, when we try something new. You know, we're not going to be reckless. There's a difference between taking a risk and being reckless. We're never going to be reckless. But often when we take a risk, we, we'll grow and expand as a result. Question number eight, what was the biggest positive surprise for you in 2022? So when we look back, what positively surprised me? What surprised or delighted me about 2022? And um, for me, what comes to mind just on a first quick reflection on that question is it's the, the fact that my creativity will come back to me or come to me every time I sort of sit down and get myself in the right state. And that's something that was particularly the case with some of the writing projects that I had uh, and even the book as well. You know, the source of all of that is creativity and we can sort of go cerebral with it and think, well, where does creativity come from? Um, I'm a firm believer in that it's, it's about being receptive and, and letting the ideas, you know, come from the, the universe, as it were, and to be, a, to be a vessel for them. 
but I'm always amazed and positive, positively surprised um, that I can connect with creativity when I'm connected with myself, if that makes sense. Uh, question number nine, so we're at the halfway point. Uh, when were you most yourself in 2022? That's an interesting question. You know me, we're not human doings, we're human beings. When were you most yourself in 2022? Yeah, I think what comes to mind for me on that one is when myself and Brian are down the country and we're just maybe in the car, you know, and, and looking at nice scenery and all relaxed and taking in the joys of nature. That's something that comes to mind. Uh, when else am I most myself? I think when I'm in the writing zone, when everything is flowing, uh, that would be another one. And then it was nice this year as well, after a gap of two years with COVID, to be back working with groups as well and speaking to audiences. And that synergy that comes when I'm connected with an audience, um, that's something, uh, that's a time when I also feel myself. And it's also a time that I enjoy. So the two are similar. I think the more we're enjoying ourselves, the more we are ourselves. Question number 10, uh, what did you begin in 2022 that might endure? So that I start something that could become a habit or a routine or a tradition or a ritual? What did I start that might continue? Uh, for me, it's uh, writing and maybe even writing plays because I enjoyed writing the play at college and it's something that I might do more of. Um, a different form of creative expression, as it were. That's what comes to mind for me on that one. Uh, question 11, here's an interesting one. What three people had the greatest influence on you in 2022? Maybe it could be a family member, maybe it was a teacher, maybe it was a book by someone that you read. Uh, it could be anyone. But who had the greatest influence on you in 2022? Um, I think for me, one person that comes to mind is my my consultant in the hospital. You know, as some of you know, I've been dealing with um, uh, bladder cancer. Uh, well, I suppose I'm in the system for dealing with bladder cancer for, what, over five years now. And uh, I have regular checkups and as it happens I'm back in hospital in early January for a for a little procedure um, but I am receiving good uh, health care um, but I often think my my consultant who I probably see about twice a year on average you know does have an impact on me I have to say um, so he would be on that list um, and I think this year as well I would add in some of my course tutors from college too uh, new people that I've met um, and who I've really connected with in a positive way and uh, they've opened up my eyes to a whole new world, I have to say as well. Uh, question 12, we're at. Uh, what did you do inconsistently well in 2022? So you did it, but maybe you didn't do it consistently. Um, I think for me, I have to put in the word meditate there. Um, I'll do it and I'll do it maybe as well as I can. Um, um, but I don't do it consistently. And I think that's that's something that's been on my version of these questions for several years. And maybe that's always the way it's going to be. Um, uh, and maybe that's just life. Um, but it is something that I do, but not do consistently. Um, and uh, we'll be getting back into that, let's say. Uh, question 13. What was your most memorable experience in 2022? You know, your most memorable experience. Gosh, when I think of that one myself, one that comes to mind is uh, when myself and Brian were down the country and we hiked up, I can't think of the name of it now, but we hiked up the, the tallest peak on Valencia Island in Kerry. 
and um, it was tough going. Um, but there was that reward of getting to the summit. And I think we probably could have driven up further to a higher car park on it. Um, but we decided to walk. Um, and maybe we just appreciated the effort that went in and, uh, and you know, and seeing from miles around and beautiful scenery. Um, and, and that's, that's uh, and of course, Sadie was with us. Um, that was a memorable experience for me uh, this year. Uh, question 14, uh, what brought you the most joy in 2022? I like the word joy here as opposed to happiness or, you know, even achievement. You know, what brought you the most joy? Gosh, well, maybe following on from the last one, I would have to say time in the country with, with Brian and Sadie. And when we head to the beach, taking her off the lead and just seeing her all so excited and running ahead um, and being out in nature. Um, that, that brought me the most joy, I would think. Question 15. Uh, what did you avoid in 2022 that perhaps you shouldn't have avoided? Oh, that's another one of these hidden questions that are a little bit closer to the bone. Um, what did you avoid in 2022 that perhaps you shouldn't have avoided? Gosh, nothing really has, is coming to mind on that one for me. I'll have to think about it. Maybe it's because I tend not to put things on the long finger that nothing is really avoided. But I don't know. I'll reflect further on that one. Uh, what do you need to do or say to complete 2022? Maybe that's a particular project. Um, maybe it's a conversation with someone. Um, maybe it's just saying the words thank you and, and a sense of gratitude. I think that would certainly be in there for me. Uh, question 17, so just two to go. What advice would you like to give yourself going into 2023? Uh, sometimes here, if I'm working with a client, um, I might even say, you know, write yourself a letter to open on New Year's Day. Um, what advice would you give yourself going into 2023? Uh, well, for me, it's probably a variation of a theme. It's like, well, keep doing what you're doing. Um, uh, relax more, uh, be more, do less. Um, think of the qualities that you want to um, uh, amplify more in, in 2023. Yeah. Yeah, and then lastly, if a single word um, would be your theme for 2023 or a motto, what would that be? Gosh, uh, what comes to mind for me on this one um, is loving trust. You know, I tend to forget that my, my deeper belief is that the universe is a benevolent universe. You know, that life is working with us and through us and for us um, and not to forget that. Um, and um, I think my, my big life lesson this time around is just learning to trust more. So I think that has to be in there and maybe sticking uh, that other word with it, you know, loving trust um, just sort of feels right to me at the minute. Uh, so there's the 18 questions. Some of them are quite deep. Um, and uh, as I say, great to, to do when you put maybe 20 minutes or half an hour aside with a, with a journal and a pen and a cup of something or, or to do in conversation with a friend if you meet up with them over the Christmas period um, or even with a, with a child as well. You might have to adjust some of them. Um, but it's just a nice way to, to reflect and to close out the year. And, and I hope you find them um, uh, helpful and a, and a good way to sort of set the tone for the new year ahead. So before I share a final closing quote, 
which you just one or two more reflections on, on, on Christmas, you know, and I often think the theory of Christmas is that image of a perfect family with shining faces sitting around an open fire with woolly jumpers and I don't know, a Clydesdale horse trotting by the window. But the reality of Christmas for many people is traffic jams around shopping centres or hangovers or trying to keep the peace or, you know, hoping someone doesn't drink too much, borrowing money. You know, the hours that are put in in food preparation in the kitchen or maybe putting on a brave face to mask loneliness or sadness. Um, and and that's just the reality. Um, you know, and stress arises when we try to be perfect or to try to control situations or people that are outside of our control. So maybe some final reflection questions are, well, how can I reduce the the effort I put into Christmas this year? You know, or how could I enjoy the process of preparing for Christmas or enjoy the, the last week or so in the run up to Christmas? You know, how can I allow myself to receive this Christmas? And that's not just about, you know, receiving gifts, um, but it's just about receiving blessings almost, you know. And, and maybe for me, this is always the case of, you know, doing less, but but being just a little more. So in closing this special episode of my podcast, I'm going to share a little reflection from Neil Donald Walsh, who's perhaps most known for his series of books, Conversations with God. Um, and I just think this is lovely and it's so nice to hear at any time, but particularly this time of year. So I'll close with these words. And uh, But first, let me say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for all your reviews and rates and uh, kind comments for the podcast and, and for the book and more more broadly over the, the last few months. Um, and I'll be back with uh, with another episode in the early new year. Um before the, the new series then gets back into the swing of things in the springtime. So uh, let me close with these words by Neil Donald Walsh. You are seen, your heart is known. Who you are at a soul level is valued and appreciated by more people than you can imagine. If you knew how many people have been touched in wonderful ways by you, you would be astonished. If you knew how many people feel so much for you, you would be shocked. You are far more wonderful than you think you are. Rest with that. Sit with that. Breathe. You are doing fine, more than fine. In fact, you are doing great. So relax and just love yourself a little more today. So until next time, my friends. Thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this episode and have a moment, please rate, review and subscribe if you haven't already. And maybe you'd like to share it with a friend too. For more information about me, James Sweetman, my coaching services, workshops, books, and for more podcast episodes, be sure to visit jamesweetman.com.